Join, Converse, Inspire. This is the JCI Canada Podcast. Hello, JCI Canada. Welcome to episode six of Join, Converse, Inspire, the JCI Canada Podcast. This is Sue Salamosi, you're one of your 2020 National Vice Presidents and your host for the podcast. Talking about the business of finances is not the most thrilling for everyone. <laughs> so we're going to make this episode as exciting as possible. Today, I'm chatting with our national president, Stefan Chirwaniak, about the national budget. Hi, Stefan. Sue, don't laugh. Finances, <laughs> we both do this for a living. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, I promise we'll make this as engaging and everyone will understand it hopefully by the end. I'm, I mean, I'm not an accountant and I'm no expert, but we, we do our best as a group that uh, donates their time to the organization for sure. So let's, let's chat money. Let's chat money. So a key component of the strategic plan for JCI Canada, as with any strong business plan, is the budget. At this point of the year, the 2020 national budget should be in full swing. Revenue coming in, expenses going out. Um, how's it going, Stefan? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Everyone sort of uh, approved this budget at our national convention in September. And then the operating budget does start as of January 1st. So we do have funds coming in starting and obviously some expenses going out for sure. So talking about revenue and expenses, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of line items on our budget. If you're not used to reading budgets, it can look a little complicated and confusing. Can we talk about just what are the various pieces of this budget? Sure. So revenue obviously is money coming in. So how does JCI Canada earn their money in order to be able to offer the services and do the things that the national organization should be doing for our local leadership and our members? One of the key components is the chapter assessments that are accrued every year. Um, so that is a payment due by the local chapter in the amount of $1,500 to JCI Canada. So that's one of the big, I guess, incomes that the organization makes on the national level. What does that ch chapter assessment pay for? Yeah, and, th and that's a good question. We get that all the time. And I think it's important for the local uh, organizations and the members to know where their money is being spent, especially when you're talking about people that participate and you know do donate their time to an organization like JCI. So of the $1,500, about two-thirds of it actually goes to general liability policy. So that's insurance. So that covers the local organization's capacity to operate and the opportunity to do the events um, and be protected under that liability policy. The balance of that one-third goes to the operation of the organization on the national level and to offer additional opportunities like visits by the executive committee or myself to the local chapter, as well as the general operation of the national board. So you mentioned insurance. Um, that takes a big chunk of that chapter assessment insurance to cover the general operation of the chapters. So that and that's inclusive of the policy that we are all covered by as a organization across Canada. Um, so if you're doing, you know, anything from a run to a parade to a other community events that are specifically ran by our organization as a local chapter, 
that's where the coverage is is benefiting your your um, liability insurance I- exactly right. that's exactly correct neither of us are insurance agents but this is <laughs> this is a uh, it's an important component of running a national organization well especially when it's two-thirds of what you're paying this particular direction so that there's always capacity to reach out to um, our insurance agent, of course, to get clarification on any of the policy uh, limitations or benefits therein. But the the general idea behind the liability policy is that your chapter is covered for any event that takes place. And then if there's anything specifically um, that, say, a restaurant or a venue might require, um, then we would always go back to make sure that we're covered and protected. Gotcha. So how does that differ from insurance that a local organization will obtain? So the only thing that the local organization would have to obtain or pay for outside of the $1,500 in the portion of uh, the general liability insurance that we pay into as a group uh, is the errors and omissions insurance for the board of directors themselves. But it's arranged by the same insurance agency, just paid directly by the chapter. Okay, so that's that's one component of the revenue. I see a number of other items on here, um, including um, membership dues. We've got a World Congress Fund withdrawal, King Street Trust. There's an estate portion of income here. So can you speak to those a little bit? What are those coming from? Um, so obviously, each member will pay um, their dues at whatever the chapter uh, has deemed the requirement to be. So as an, as an example, let's pick JCI Vernon. They charge $150 per member. Well, that $150 per member does not go back to JCI Canada when we collect it on jcicanadamember.com. Uh, we take and collect just $70 per member. So that $70 per member adds back to our uh, budget in order to operate. And of that $70 Canadian per member, we obviously have to pay back uh, a certain portion to uh, JCI as an international organization. And per member, we have to pay $13 US per person. So all of this money that we're collecting you know, doesn't stay in JCI Canada's pockets. Uh, we do give back any difference outside of that $70 per member uh, on a regular basis back into the chapter's operating budget. Which is, yeah, and that forms part of your, your local organization budget. Exactly. End, for sure. Um, what about the, the World Congress Fund and those other smaller items on there? Yeah, and I think the World Congress Fund is the third largest line item on the income accrual mm-hmm. for JCI Canada um, at least in the past few years. Um, so we obviously had held the JCI World Congress in 2016. And from there, there was a earnings and a profit made by the excellent work that they did out in Quebec. Um, so we are allowed to take a certain portion per year out of that uh, specific fund uh, to ensure the people, generally the people that participated in 2016 take advantage of the earnings associated from the World Congress that we held. Um, so that gives us some flexibility in our, our operations and the amount of work that we can do as an organization. And then the smaller line items would be specific amounts. They're called restricted funds. So that might be a restricted fund for travel or for other opportunities that the JCI Canada Foundation have deemed approved in advance. 
uh, which is some of those items there. And then, you know, a lot of our JCI senators do potentially will uh, a portion of their estate our particular direction uh, as well. So there is some income accrual that way. Mm-hmm. And, and year over year, as our membership remains stable uh, and as we grow, we're going to continue to see slight increases and changes in the revenue. But in the past few years, it's been it's been very stable. So okay. the revenue from 2019 to 2020 has remained the same with the change in amount of chapters, the change in the amount of uh, members across Canada, that would be one of the biggest fluctuations in our uh, revenue line items. I'm just wondering, I know that the World Congress funds, it was quite a, a, there was a good amount of money that came out of that event. Are we looking at those funds as sustainable money? Like, is that something that's gonna continue giving back to JCI Canada? Or do you think that there's a limitation on that? Um, and are we going to return to relying on those membership dues and the foundation? So the purpose was that we were able to take 10% of the total allotted balance of the earnings so that within sort of 10 years, you've dwindled it down to zero. So um, the value would be to those members that participated and paid into the World Congress mm-hmm. would get the maximum benefit in a decreasing uh, amount year over year. That makes sense. Okay, so we've covered the revenue side of things and and where the money comes from and a little bit about where the money goes, but let's dive into a little bit more into those expenses. So what what do we spend the income on? Yeah, so I mean, if you look at the expenses that JCI Canada has, 90% of them would be operational. You're talking about the insurance that we pay, we're talking about the management fees that we pay. Um, so previously, we had shared a secretary general with uh, the United States, uh, which is one of our largest expenses currently listed on the budget. Because we don't really use that as much, that's why there's a large decrease in split of expense from paid support to that secretary general. If we don't use the expenses, obviously, you know, we're not actually spending this amount of cash. Mm -hmm. Um, So moving forward, you know, there is some flexibility in where the funds are applied and where they're used and whether we're actually using the services um, that we had deemed necessary in order to operate. Um, So keep in mind that the budget is a operating document and you know, as we continue to identify needs or, you know, priorities of our organization, the use of the funds could be reapproved in in different formats. Right. So a good example is that we're not paying, uh, I think it was like 10,000 U.S. equivalent to participate with the U.S. on their secretary general program. I did a lot, a smaller portion for that, as I do think there is value in, in keeping them uh, a part of our sort of paid staff but then split that difference for some other paid board supports locally or in within Canada to ensure that the focus is there as well. So then additionally, you're talking about the associated expenses of operating. Um, obviously, we have jcicanadamember.com. We've got the um, credit card fees and operating expenses therein associated with doing that. You know, a good chunk of the cash does go to JCI, JCI International uh, as well. And then a lot of the other uh, line items that we have are budgeted for opportunities for incoming leadership 
whether that be for the national board or the local board itself or uh, local incoming presidents to ensure that they have the tools and know-how in order to be able to do their best at being local presidents. I think then specifically what you're talking about is funds for the North American Academy. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean we rebranded this year and we were very excited and it was super successful, uh, which was great. Um, you know, we changed from uh, LTU, uh, which is Leadership Training University, to the North American Academy, I guess, branding and adding more even intense value uh, to which you participated in, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so that that's that's awesome. And as we look down the line items, all the way to the bottom of the budget, we're looking at various travel expenses, which we can chat about later. But what I want to look talk about right now is the deficit budget that we see. And there's a couple of notes at the bottom that the negative balance is being tempered by a surplus of unused funds. Can you, what does that mean? So, I mean... Uh, any company has a certain amount of expected revenue that has the capacity to fluctuate and they have an expected amount of expenses or money that they're going to put towards uh, certain line items. So if those funds aren't used or there's more revenue done by a company, then obviously there's going to be a larger slush of funds at the end of each fiscal year in order to to, I guess, pad the bank account, for lack of a better word. You know, I don't like operating in a a negative deficit. That was one of the biggest things that I got grilled up on in September. Um, So I did my due diligence. And I I think my budget was very honest in where the funds are going and what it actually takes to operate a national organization on the scale that Canada is um, because it's such a large country. So Building a budget that requires a deficit in order to operate inspires a couple things. For us to be cognizant of where our funds are going and additionally looking for new sources of funds in order to ensure that we're not actually operating on a deficit budget. New sources of funds. I, I feel like there's something behind that. Have you found, are you looking for a new source of funds? Yeah, so one of our national vice presidents, uh, Michelle, is going to be looking for specific grants to do with the you know translation uh, portion to make sure that JCI Canada is uh, bilingual, as an example, uh, but additional sources of funds that can be sourced either provincially or nationally from the federal government, uh, which are not included here. Additionally, we didn't include any asks from our JCI Canada Foundation. So none of those incomes are accrued here, which is why I say that this is a very honest budget of what it actually takes to operate versus what our income accrual is. Uh, Additionally, the amount of members that I had estimated was probably a lot less very conservative to ensure that we know that we're operating within our means or in this particular case, maybe without outside of our means, and we need to find ways to fill that deficit. So myself, I took it upon myself to apply for a grant to the JCI International Foundation. Uh, we were granted a total amount for my Spark campaign of four thousand US dollars. So that's just over fifty six hundred Canadian equivalent. Fifty six hundred dollars from the International Foundation. So 
what is the Spark campaign? Why did you name it the Spark campaign? Yeah, I mean, for one of my big biggest goals for our organization this year was to ensure that the local organizations were supported to the best of our ability and to be on the ground as much as humanly possible. So in an organization like Canada that has chapters all over this great nation, it takes time, <laughs> which yeah. I'm, I'm willing and our, our board is willing to give, and obviously money in order to uh, showcase the opportunities that JCI has Either that is us being on the ground, being meeting with local leadership, meeting with local municipalities, meeting with universities to showcase our value of our organization. It takes money in order for us to be able to do that. So I was able to put a plan of action together uh, that was granted that uh, 5,600 uh, Canadian equivalent to take the pressure off, our, off of our operating budget for a lot of those travel items and the additional requirements that we would like to do in order to make JCI Canada better. Is that, so you mentioned the plan of action. Is that separate from the JCI Canada plan of action? Yes. So my Spark campaign is fully public, approved by the international organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can request funds up to that 4,000 US equivalent uh, at any time uh, with obviously specific reporting. So if we add back that $5,600 to our deficit. Now we're just shy a couple thousand dollars. And as an example, not everyone took advantage of going to um, North American Academy. So even that line item where I said we're going to expend this amount because I want everybody involved, we didn't even use that by half. So that's that's why I was indicating that the budget is really a truly living document mm-hmm. that does change as we go through the year and is manipulated. Obviously, we want to spend our money because if we're spending our money then we're adding the value and if we're adding the value we're showing the organizations that we're doing a good job and if we're showing the organizations we're doing a good job we're going to end up having that flow through of impact on that local level so mm-hmm. i'm my intention is to spend all the money but you know <laughs> we want to spend wisely and make sure that the funds are used appropriately for the benefit of the organization so I have a couple of follow-up questions to that. I'm wondering about evaluation of the budget. So at what point does the national board assess and evaluate how well the budget is performing? Good. Yeah, great question. I mean, my intention is to do that quarterly. So, I mean, now we're coming into March here, which is is great and nerve-wracking because yeah. your, your first quarter is almost done. The financials will be reviewed by uh, Brenda, who's very generous on on her expertise as an accountant so you know at any time we do have an updated um, accounting of where the funds have gone and where they could be maybe reapplied if the line item budgets uh, haven't been used right and uh, we'll give a quick shout out to Brenda Vandermeer for her hard work yes oh my gosh (laughs) on our finances on that topic um, we've got a budget. Do we have a policy that aligns with that budget? Do we have a financial policy? So our financial policy uh, in a very generalist way comes from the international organization, but we do not as a JCI national board uh, have a financial policy. So it's something that I would really like to work towards to having. And then there's a responsibility of the board, not just to operate and have funds to operate, 
have a diligent use of that those funds um, and of the responsibility that comes therein as well. So that's something that we would really like to work towards. And if there's anybody that can help me with that, that has expertise, um, I would love some input on what that might look like yeah. for a national organization. I, I was going to say, it sounds like you're dropping a hint there. Yes. <laughs> I hear an opportunity. Imagine, but imagine if you were a local member and you added that to your resume saying right. you helped write a financial policy oh, for yeah. a national organization. Hello, opportunity, opportunity. Knocks. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I mean, it, it can be super interesting talking about the where and the why um, the budget operates as it does. Um, so kind of one last question that's, that's overarching, I think, Stefan, with only one year to lead in your role as national president, how challenging was it to build this budget to make sure that it aligns with your objectives for the year? Difficult. And, and the reason that I say difficult is that there's so many unknowns in a not-for-profit organization. There's no constants that you can sort of rely on. The income and the budgets are always changing. So for me to estimate on you know how we're going to operate and me estimating on the income which gives us the increased opportunity to participate was very difficult which is why I wanted to do a budget that was very honest on what I thought the true expenses of operating the national organization were and then fill in the gaps thereafter hence the net deficit but in the first quarter, I think we've already became profitable as long as everybody pays their chapter <laughs> twos. <laughs> we've got we're, the opportunity we're looking, to, we're good. To, to balance it out so we're not working with a deficit moving into the rest of this year. We're, we're definitely going to be in the black uh, for 2020, if not uh, a little bit profitable. But like I mentioned, let's use the funds in an appropriate manner and make as much impact as we can to showcase the value of our organizations nationwide. So yeah, let's mobilize our national vice presidents and and our national president and and get them out for various opportunities. That's awesome. Okay, so following this episode, um, we're going to be posting a link to the budget. So for those keeners that want to listen to the episode and kind of flow through with a PDF in front of them, a link to the budget is going to be available with the episode posting on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm wondering, Stefan, if you can also make available your plan of action for that Spark campaign. I'd be interested to see how you pitched that to the international level. Yeah, it was my first time ever doing a grant writing and we I did two and we were very successful with both. So the first one uh, obviously was for the Spark campaign and then the second one that I wrote uh, with some help from um, GCI USA National President Justin and Interim, Se- Interim Secretary General Don was for our North American Academy and we were granted a lot more money than we had expected, which really gave us the enthusiasm that the international organization identified with the opportunities that JCI Canada is creating, not only on an international level with the academy, but also on the local level. And they identified the value that we're trying to create. So they're trying to help fund these opportunities as well. And I think there's a real benefit, um, you know, when we have money to to do more traveling and to, to do things like North American Academy, it's that face-to-face contact that we have with people that I think is really the spark 
for individual members to find their enthusiasm, to find their motivation. So closing up remarks, Stefan, do you have any anything extra that you want to say? Yeah, I mean, the, the benefit is being on the ground. Everything that we do is so brilliant. And the best way to showcase it is being on the ground and doing this FaceTime with the local leadership and local members and local uh, people that could see opportunity. So, you know, for me to be able to travel 2,500 kilometers with Justin Woodski, the national president of JCI USA across the Eastern seaboard in five and a half days or however long it was <laughs> and impact 10 chapters and have them showcase their enthusiasm and see their obvious interest in making the organization better, not only for themselves, but for the community. That is where I want our money applied. And I hope Justin will come up to JCI Canada and do a roadshow, you know, through the Okanagan and Alberta, and then maybe up through uh, the eastern seaboard of Canada as right. well. Those 10 chapters that you guys visited in the States um, have obviously, you mentioned that they've turned around or they've, they've found a new enthusiasm. So we, we want to translate that into a Canadian <laughs> benefit. Yeah, and they were shocked that two national presidents would take time out of their day and out of their trip to visit these small towns that could be forgotten about. And it's because they wanted to be engaged with and we wanted we desperately want to engage with them that that spark literally is reignited across 10 chapters in the U.S. And we want to continue to do the same in Canada. So my next step is booking all of my travel in eastern and western Canada and showcasing as much opportunity to new chapters uh, that we're working on in you know the university communities and the local communities across Canada. So I'm absolutely, totally stoked and enthused to be able to get on a can of car and drive and like meet as many people as I can and really showcase the same value that we did on that eastern seaboard tour uh, through the U.S., all right. So National President Justin, this is your call out to get up here to Canada. Yes. Join us like Stefan joined you. And uh, exactly. we, we can continue this amazing collaboration between our two countries. 110%. It'll be epic. And, you know, shameless shout out to our excellent adventures. And Justin and I want to showcase as many local communities across North America as we can. So, you know, if we get to your community, you definitely will be showcased on our new YouTube series, Justin and Stefan's Excellent Adventures. So, and of course, if anybody has any questions on these very, very exciting numbers, we're absolutely open book. There's no question we're not willing to answer. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out, uh, strwaniak at jcicanada.com, or do leave a message uh, on our Anchor uh, app, and we'll definitely get that responded to right away. Thanks so much, Stefan. That was awesome. This is how we do in JCI Canada. Join, converse, inspire.